You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series. My name is Peter Dredge and joining me is Ben Firmage. Ben is the Chief Executive Officer of the Cooperative Research Centre for Water Sensitive Cities. And we're discussing integrated urban flood management and a guide to choosing, financing and funding different options. Ben, welcome. Hi, Peter. Great to be with you. What is integrated urban flood management? Globally, floods are our most prevalent natural disaster. And with climate change and increasing urbanisation, the challenges associated with flooding are only going to continue to grow. And I think there's also increasing recognition that our our tried and true traditional approaches of managing floods aren't going to be enough um, to respond to our future challenges. So integrated urban flood management strives to give practitioners and policymakers a broader toolkit um, and aims to incorporate a broader range of costs and benefits. And and by a bigger toolkit, I mean that it's about considering um, a, a portfolio of options that think about things like how do we adapt, retreat and defend against floods. And also too, as well as um, thinking about traditional sort of constructed um, interventions like levees and dikes and, and dams. It's also about tapping into the opportunities provided by uh, nature-based solutions like uh, wetlands and swales and community-based solutions like um, planning controls, community education, flood warning systems. And collectively, um, those that suite of measures can provide a more holistic solution as we think about how we, res- we prepare for the flood we respond to the flood and we recover from it. By thinking about how do you maximise value for the whole catchment, you can um, deliver a greater return on your investment from a community environment and environmental and economic point of view, rather than just minimising the cost of delivering a particular predetermined flood standard. So it's about maximising value, not minimising, just minimising cost. So there's some work that's being done by you and your organisation, the Cooperative Research Centre for Water-Sensitive Cities and the World Bank. Can you tell us how is that helping inform integrated urban flood management? So I think there's globally there's increasing recognition of the importance of a more integrated approach to managing our floods. Um, and the theory is, is clear, but the practice is still difficult. There are lots of um, good examples and pilot projects, but getting it to at-scale application as business as usual is difficult. And Mm. two things that get in the way of that at-scale application is a capacity to compare very different options, options like um, nature-based solutions with community-based solutions or both of those with more traditional approaches and incorporating um, a broader range of benefits. And then the second major challenge is once you've identified your portfolio of solutions, who's going to pay for it? How do you figure out who pays, how and when for each element of that that, that integrated response? Is it things like the beneficiaries, should they pay? Or is it the polluters that should pay? What about issues like capacity to pay? So those two issues of how do you actually compare very different sorts of options? And then secondly, once you've got your preferred suite of um, options, who's going to pay for it, have perplexed the minds of you know uh, people in Australia, but also overseas. And by working with the, the World Bank, we've been able to take um, some research done by the CRC with our partners, particularly around how do you compare options and build a business case and apply that overseas. 
and then take that work further to start to think about well how do you actually finance and fund your preferred solution set so the this that work has been fantastic in that it's now enabling us to bring that experience that's been based in china um, to bring that experience back to australia and start to think about well how do we take the the tools that we've got the the, the economic the framework for the economic valuation of water sensitive cities how do we take that global experience and bring it back and apply it locally and add the extra experience of um, how do we get a smarter solution around who pays? So this is the guide that you're talking about. Can you explain for our audience the, the different target audiences that you've um, identified that might benefit from this guide? So the, the guide and the tools basically work um, to three audiences. Because a colleague once said to me, you have to zipper up an issue. And that means that you've got to have the high-level strategic um, sign-off. You've got to have the managerial level um, endorsed and signed off. And you've got to have the technical um, practitioners uh, providing the, the, the detailed rigour to be able to get the issue signed off as well. So with that in mind, the guide provides um, high-level advice for strategists and policymakers about how do you come up with a really good overarching strategy from your base for your catchment and then it says provides advice on as a as a manager reviewing a business case what are the sorts of questions that you need to ask and then through access to the um, the infused tools the crc developed suite of tools um, there's support there for um, practitioners to be able to actually go out and start to um, develop their own um, integrated uh, flood management um, solution set, put a, put a dollar value on it, and then the outputs of that can facilitate uh, better discussions around um, that financing and funding of the solutions. The guide and, and the associated tools, how do they help users to choose what might be their preferred flood management solution? There's a five-step process that basically takes the issue sort of end-to-end um, and it starts with asking what is the catchment that you're working with, what are those economic, social and environmental values that you're striving to, to work within and to contribute to from a catchment perspective. It then talks about what sort of flooding um, are, you, are you dealing with, you know, fluvial, polluvial, coastal, groundwater, what, what is the, 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 the flooding element of that? And then once you've um, identified those two big picture issues, so you can start to work through um, what is the mix of green, grey and community-based solutions. And the guide sort of provides um, some worksheets and some guidance around which of those might be most appropriate in what set of circumstance. And then you know, you've got your sort of the, the, the broad approach identified, but then you need to start to compare your options on mm. um, a dollar basis. You know, because at the end of the day, you actually have to find some money to get this thing done. It's not enough to have a good idea. It's actually got to have a budget behind it. And that's where the guide uses um, benefit-cost analysis, which is a, a tested and trusted um, means for comparing very different options, reducing them back to a, a dollar value. And there's guidance there about how do you use the information you've got to come up with you know, a, a net present value or a, a benefit-cost ratio. But also importantly... Um, particularly in data poor situations, how do you actually do sensitivity testing to understand how sensitive your results are to assumptions? And then what sort of degrees of freedom have you got in, in the numbers? Um, and where do you, if you're going to do further research, where do you target your research to be able to get as reliable a decision um, as, as you can? 
A final output in helping them choose is the, the tools provide um, an idea of the distribution of costs and benefits across stakeholders and across time. And when you know who wins and who bears the cost, that can inform a better conversation about um, who should pay and how. Mm. So that's that sort of end-to-end -end process. And hopefully if you work your way through all of those things, you'll end up with a great, a great set of options um, and in a capacity to actually deliver it through a business case that's financed and funded. It must have been extremely challenging to come up with a guide that can, in theory, be applied to any location, any community globally. That's been a challenge in itself, right? Yeah, it's, yes, it has. But um, I think the and what we've found is that the principles are pretty clear. Um, and then and and I think the it the guide doesn't promise to be a deep technical document, particularly around the um, hmm. the engineering side of things. Um, but it is a signpost. It does point to other more detailed uh, references and sources. Um, what it tries to do is to um, provoke people to think more broadly about um, their solution set than they might otherwise would, and also hmm. to think more broadly about the costs and benefits that they bring into the. Um, bring into the, the analysis, there is some, there is detail in there about benefit cost um, calculations and it's supported by quite a, quite a considerable number of broader, deeper guidelines. Um, so if you're a, you know, if you are a, a manager or, or a, 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 you know, practicing economist, there's some tools there that um, will be useful for you as well. So I think what we're trying to do is to help people ask slightly different questions, consider a broader range of options and then provides um, at least a start on some of the technical, uh, deep technical information that they'll need to be able to apply it practically. What's the history of the project? Like, how did it come about? The CRC for water sensitive cities um, was established after the Millennium Drought to learn the lessons of the drought and to support um, public, private, and sector organisations and community groups to to come up with um, a different way of managing their water cycle and, and get that water cycle more integrated in with the other city shaping um, cycles like waste, energy, those transport, those sorts of things. And a consistent barrier that we found was that people could come up with a great idea, but um, proving the business case, particularly mm. when you're comparing, you know, say, a, a, a big dam or a, or a desalination plant with a, a small scale uh, wetland or recycling scheme or a network of um, wetlands or, or re um, recycling schemes, how do you actually compare those on a like-for-like -like basis? And then how do you get things like demand management in the analysis as well and reduce it back to a dollar-for-dollar -dollar comparison? So the CRC um, established its um, integrated economic framework, um, which produced a suite of tools called Infuse, um, and at the same time, though, we started working with um, organisations like the World Bank um, internationally, taking the experience of Australia to the world. Um, mm. And it, this project sort of came out of that partnership with the World Bank. Um, and it was a fantastic opportunity to sort of apply our experience to, to stress test um, our learnings in Australia in a very different context. Um, the guide's been drafted. The tools are available, supporting infused tools are available via the CRC, um, and it's being piloted um, on a number of projects um, in China at the moment. Um, and we look forward to sharing the results of um, those pilot projects, upgrading the, the guide in relation to any responses, and then um, taking the learnings from China to some other Asian countries 
um, or mm. in the region, maybe even some Pacific countries as well, and certainly bringing that experience back to Australia. We've got a heap of case studies um, done through the CRC on the application of the Infuse tools to get your um, business case developed. We're looking forward to taking that next step of starting to work through once you've got your business case, how do you actually start to get it financed and funded? Just on the Australian context, so what do you think this could mean for, for us here in Australia? Uh, well, flooding is a significant issue for Australia, so I think it's certainly all the challenges it experienced in other I mean, every context is unique, but um, the high-level challenges are similar for um, countries around the world in, res- in regards to how do we choose, finance and fund our, our response to flooding in the future. But also, too, um, I mean, organisations like the CRC for water-sensitive cities and, and water utilities around the country, as well as policymakers, are recognising that it's not enough to think about um, one issue at a time these days. You know, I mean, you've just got to look at this year. We've had drought followed by fly, fires and now um, the COVID epidemic. How do we actually come up with solutions that are resilient to a whole range of challenges in thinking about how we manage flood? Can we also think about how we manage um, uh, drought um, and those sorts of things as well? So I think, and I think the principles embedded in the guide um, and tools that we've done of thinking broadly about your options um, and bringing in as many benefits as you can and reduce using tools like benefit cost analysis to get a broader um, community perspective on the overall benefits and costs um, can be just as applicable to in, if, regardless of whether or not you start in thinking about floods or whether or not you start thinking about water supply or security or how do you actually build the resilience of your communities. And I think if you start by thinking what is the community overall striving to achieve from an economic, social and environmental point of view and then how do we start to think in a more integrated way through things like using things like the guide that we've been talking about today, that'll deliver um, a a better long-term solution that's more resilient to a range of shocks and that is ultimately easier to finance and fund. What a fascinating project. I've been speaking with Ben Firmage about integrated urban flood management. Ben is the Chief Executive Officer for the Cooperative Research Centre for Water Sensitive Cities. Thanks for your time, Ben. No worries, Peter. It's been a pleasure.